0: Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. Hey everyone, this is Claire Baca and you're listening to I Know You Hear Me podcast with Flynn Hendricks. With Rick Del Santo, for all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, 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 NWA. and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC 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 PWC. You in the zone. Welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. With man a. How do I describe myself this week? Well, first off, I'm Flynn Hendricks, if this is your first episode. Thank you for joining us. But I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this as I'm coming home from my son's uh, Little League game here tonight where, proud papa moment, he got the game ball. He got two home runs, or what would have been two home runs had the other not smacked a kid in the quad. Um, And yeah, it was a good night all around. So I'm just, shout out to Levi for... Doing so awesome. I couldn't have timed it any better when I turned the camera on for his first hit. Hits a home run. And yeah, I I got nothing besides that other than that kid is going places way farther than dad here. And before I go any further too, I do have to do a little side tangent. And I'm going to apologize to our guest that's on the line here because I'm going to make you wait for just a minute. But for those that know me, I'm a professional wrestler. And as a professional wrestler, I'm not normally known as the good guy. But tonight, I'll be honest, I've always thought that sometimes I'm a crappy person. Until I saw the coach of the Little League team that we were playing cuss the parents of an autistic kid on her team because the autistic kid was not paying attention. And I'm, I'm going to go on the soapbox here for a minute. If you were somebody that cannot let kids have a game and just let them have fun and figure things out you don't need to be there you probably don't need to be around kids and you probably need to take yourself away from that environment you had no reason to come out there and cuss the kids when that kid's parents tells you and ask you to lay off because their child is autistic and you escalated even further again i thought i was an a bad person but please don't be that person. Let the kids have fun. Ugh. Okay, I had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. That's That's been weighing on me all afternoon. But, yeah, okay, anyway, back to the show now. I'm Flynn Hendricks. I'm a podcaster. I'm an actor. I'm a voice actor. I'm a professional wrestler. And I am also the host of this podcast, along with Tales from the Haunt, with my engineering guru over here, Jeffrey who makes all these shows possible. So if you haven't already, guys, we're available on all podcasting platforms. Please go subscribe and leave a five-star written review. It helps us out more than you know. And do that old word-of-mouth thing because it's free and it helps out way more than you know. And on top of that, get connected with us on social media. We're on all social media platforms. I think Jeff even has this thing called TikTok that I still refuse to figure out. And he promotes our shows on there, so get connected there. And we also have merch. And if you want to support the show and help us out, check the show notes where you can purchase from us directly. You can go to my Pro Wrestling t store and just show your support. When you get the merch, take a picture, tag us in it. We'll give you a shout-out on social media, and we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. And a portion of all sales do go to the Nashville Humane Society as well. So you're helping out a lot of good causes, and we want to see you in the merch. So get it, tag us, we'll get you that shout-out. Guys, today's guest is going to be one that man, she's going to skate her way in here and I can already tell that she's going to put me to shame because when I got introduced to her recently this year um, she blew me away because she went to the ring on roller skates. Mm -hmm. I am the most uncoordinated person you will probably meet, probably the equivalent of a bull on ice and here she is going to the ring on skates. I got nothing on that but she is also a veteran of the roller derby industry. She did that for seven years, and then she made the jump over to professional wrestling, and she's making waves in that realm now. So it's my pleasure to have on the show here tonight, Bashley Bones. Bashley, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, like I said, met you on a show, and then what's the first thing I noticed? Here you go to the ring on some Heelys. That, that's <laughs> yep. nightmare fuel to me, so... Let's uh let's jump into all this now like where did your love for like not only roller derby but professional wrestling like where did that develop for you
1: So as far as uh wrestling I grew up with boy cousins so I mm-hmm. have a cousin who's a year younger and then his brother's a year older than me so it was just kind of I mean from I mean birth I you know we've been wrestling fans yeah. we watched wrestling we played wrestling just my whole childhood.
0: Absolutely. So I've
1: always loved it. Um, However, never in a million years would I have ever thought I could actually do it. So um, actually roller derby kind of got me started. So I played derby, like I said, for seven years. Um, I played a couple years in Nashville when I moved out Mm -hmm. to Tennessee from California. Oh, wow. Well, I was Yeah, I was driving down the road one day and I hear an advertisement on the radio about tried and true pro wrestling looking for bombshell promoter girls. And I'm like, Clarksville has a wrestling promotion? Hmm, What is this about? So I'm like, "Hmm, promoter girl, I could do that. I still love wrestling. So I ended up looking into that. Um, I went and It was kind of a fun little contest they did. I ended up uh, with five of us girls, me mm-hmm. being one of them. And then pretty much immediately once uh, Crimson, who's the owner and some of the guys heard that I did roller derby, they were like, you know, we have a training academy. So then, you know, that kind of got the gears turning. Absolutely, and I'm yeah. like, hmm, could I do this? You know, it, it meant I was going to have to switch over because there was. Just not gonna be enough time to do both. Um, there's no way my body could have handled oh, trying to do both, I don't you know, doubt. simultaneously. <laughs> so, and obviously I've kind of just went headfirst into wrestling. I went ahead and decided to switch over and I have not looked back yet. Um and, and how long has that been I since you're super thankful. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's been about three years now. Wow, okay, okay. So, yeah. And the crazy thing was, is that when COVID hit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, roller derby was basically done for those three years. It just barely now kind of getting started again. So I felt like, you know, during that time, like we still were able to do some training. Um, I was helping out with impact, doing some of their behind the scenes stuff. So, you know, they were here in Nashville yep. during COVID close to me so i got to be involved even when things weren't like really running so i was really grateful that i switched over at that time <laughs> for, sure, for,
0: sure. for sure for sure and just out of curiosity too like what is it like for you when your entire routine and your habits that you'd built off of roller derby are you know like you you shift out of that realm over into wrestling mm-hmm. what is that like to have that in the rearview mirror now like how do you how does your body adjust to that before it gets into the wrestling world, because we know that's a huge adjustment in itself.
1: Mm-hmm. So, really, it really prepared me for contact. Like, I am not afraid of contact. I'm not hesitant on that. And th- so, it helped me. Um, it kind of prepared me. But, you know, on the other side of it, like with roller derby, when you fall, you want to be up in like three seconds. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like that's, that's not the same with wrestling. So, I kind of have to really – you know, think about it in my head sometimes, like, no, I don't want to just jump right back up.
0: <laughs> right, right. And then there's the old saying too, if you think you're going too slow, slow it down a little bit more and you're just right. So, I mean, it's it's yeah. a huge adjustment because even like outside of roller derby, it, in everyday life, if you're walking somewhere and you fall or you slip on ice, the automatic human instinct is to try and get back up and act like nothing happened or just brush it off and cause you don't want people looking at you, but in wrestling, it's a complete like 180 from what you would normally do. You have to lay there and let it register and then start trying to get up. It's a complete world change.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was probably, that's the hardest thing for me.
0: Yeah. And then what was uh what was it like when you got into the training school and you know, you started doing your first round of drills, you took your first bump and hitting the ropes. What was that like for you?
1: For me, I really loved it. Um, you know, I didn't really have much trouble taking bumps, hitting the ropes, any, nothing like, like that. Uh, I just, you know, definitely I don't feel like I'm a natural at anything. Right. I'm kind of one of those people who's okay, mediocre at like everything. So, um, you know, it was it was different, but at the same time, I didn't have a lot of trouble with the basic stuff in the beginning. Absolutely. Um, I started out with a few other girls in the class and then, you know, a few months in it ended up being like I was the only one left. Yeah. And that's
0: uh I hate to say that's pretty much a common trend that you'll see because like I think out of everybody in my training class and even the two after that from like back in 2007, I'm still the only one that's active and You know, like, unfortunately, if you were familiar with Josephus, he was a couple classes after me. He was the only other one that was active up until he passed away. But it it seems like people get that taste of it. And then for whatever reason, they find out it's not for them or physically their body can't do it. But you can't knock them for trying. But it's just Mm -hmm. it's almost like survival of the fittest is the best way you can actually describe the elimination process of who actually sticks around in the business, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy,
0: (laughs) right? No, no, it is not. I mean, if it was then the people that paid the tickets would come and we'd be out of work. So,
1: yeah, (laughs) but, um,
0: what was it like for you, especially when you get into that training class and, you know, I know everybody has this stereotypical image of what a wrestler looks like or what a female wrestler looks like based off what they see on TV. But when you get into the training classes, you see a diverse array of different people and, I'm actually going to use the term athletes because if these people are in there, they're doing something athletic. What was it like for you? And was there ever any kind of like self-questioning or self-doubt where you may have seen somebody that may have taken to it a little bit quicker than you and made you question things? And how did you combat that if you had to deal with it?
1: So I'd say in my first beginner's class, everybody was kind of on the same page. We didn't have anybody who just, you know, super excelled Mm -hmm. there was there was a couple guys um you know who were just kind of naturals from the start but you know they had gymnastics training and you know years of drama and theater and Mm -hmm. you know they they came in being athletic already and you know able to do just stuff that i'm not sure i'm ever going to be able to do right right so um You know, fortunately, I had a coach who told us not everybody's going to be able to do everything. So, you know, you go through the training, you try it, you find out what you're good at, and then you kind of want to stick with the stuff that you're good at. Absolutely. So I know that, you know, I can't leapfrog to save my life. Hey, I'm in good
0: company. High five.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then, you know, I, I start working with a lot of the girls out there and, I don't think I've ever seen any of the ladies leapfrog in a match, you know, that I've been around. Right. So. It's just kind of, of course, still, I, I, there is some self doubt. Of course. And I'm, I get frustrated. And now like all the guys who started with me are just kind of like heads above me, but you know, I just still have to give myself credit for being as far as I am. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's the hardest
0: part. Like, and that's something that I struggle with too, is, Trying to not compare yourself to other people and just realizing that your real, your only your competition is yourself, and you do have to give yourself credit for that. Um, what is that process like for you to rein yourself back in and put everything in perspective so that you can give yourself credit for everything you've done?
1: You know, one of the first things I always think about is that I did derby for seven years. I put so much into it never once did I get paid for any of that. Oh, wow. you know, it was, yeah, it in roller derby, in order to get paid, you really have to be like the cream of the crop, you know, oh, yeah. you've got to get sponsors, yeah. you've got to be on like the top teams in the US. So I think about that. And I think about the fact that, you know, wrestling is about half of my income now. Wow! And so, you know, I think, I'm doing all right. I, I would say <laughs> so. Really? This I, is like my first year actually working and I've, yeah, I'm, I'm about at that level now. So that always awesome. kind of brings it back awesome. into where I'm like, you know, this isn't just a job either. This is something I love. It's a career. Absolutely. You know, yeah. That, that always brings me back in when I get kind of frustrated or self-doubting. Right. I mean, that's, and again,
0: the fact that you get to do something that you grew up loving as a child really helps keep that fire Mm -hmm. and that passion going for it. So the hustle stays in as well. I mean, that's, that's awesome because I mean, there are people that have been in longer than both of us combined, and they're still not able to say this is half of their income. So, I mean, that's a major, major feather in your cap right there. So congratulations on that.
1: Yeah. Fortunately, I just have good people around me too, where I started Um, you know, not only am I working shows, but I do a lot of behind the scenes work too. And I get to help out with impact and NWA. And so a lot of that, you know, helps towards income as well. Absolutely. And I mean,
0: truth be told too, that's something that that's an, I'm trying to think of the best way I can say this. That's an attitude that a lot more people in the business should try to adapt because, we all know that the in-ring career is not going to last forever. It's physically Mm -hmm, impossible and our, our bodies won't allow that. But if you're able to multi, like to wear multiple hats behind the scenes or find Mm -hmm. something else that you're good at with the backstage stuff, you've got a job for life because you're, you're just a valuable asset to whatever company you work for at that point.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's goals. Um, I did start at this, you know, I'm older and a lot later in life than most people. So that's another aspect that makes it to where it's a little harder for me, but at the same time, I have to kind of, kind of register and just remind myself, you know, Absolutely. Like, I'm not, I'm not 20, like some of these guys in the class. Or. Right,
0: right, man. Now I feel old, but uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of, you know, working the shows and making this part of your, like half of your income now, what's it like for you? reaching out and networking to you know like promoters in other states and working other shows and negotiating a price that is not only fair but will allow you to continue to have the same lifestyle that you have now what's what's that process like for you
1: so actually at this point i have not been reaching out to anybody because i literally had to turn down three bookings for the same date today wow so yeah so um you know, being a, a female in this business, especially in this area, it it's honestly just easier for us to mm-hmm. get bookings. Um, so I kind of have it laid out where, you know, my like price for booking isn't the same. It, it's going to depend on how many hours I have to drive, of course, and all of that. Um, so I usually ha- go into it with like a, a maximum and a minimum. Yeah. So I'll start with my maximum, and then you know we'll we'll negotiate until we kind of get to a point that's good for everybody, right? Um, Really lately, I feel like I I keep my, like my payout a lot lower than a lot of the ladies. And that's just because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm really experienced. I'm not like a superstar at this yet. So I don't want to go in, you know, asking for crazy amounts of money. But at the same time, I want to make sure my gas is covered. I make a little and then um, definitely, I feel like I need merch.
0: Of course. But
1: I make a little extra selling pictures right now. So yeah. that's another thing that can help out if my payout isn't quite what I want it to be. Absolutely. And um, I mean, I, I found lately, though, like I haven't had to negotiate too much. I am yeah. like, you know, this is my fee, and they just say, okay. So that's pretty nice absolutely and I I just have to give
0: you mad props because the fact that you actually have it, it seems like you have a business acumen behind it where you actually have these maximums and these minimums you calculate it based off the distance from your house to you know point B where the show is or whatever like the fact that you actually do this where there are so many people that don't and they're willing to cut that price and just take less than they're worth the fact that you actually have a plan in place just speaks volumes to not only the head that you have on your shoulders, but the training that I'm sure went into that as well and teaching you how to, you know, make sure all that is there so that you can make this a part of your lifestyle. So, again, thank hats thank off.
1: And, yeah, and um, that's another thing, is you know, a, you know, so a lot of people don't put in the amount of money into training that they should. Absolutely. But then I also register that I have and I still am because I'm still training. Of course. Currently. So you know that goes into it too. yep, you know, I'm not gonna go sh- do a show for fifteen dollars you no. know no i I recently heard that that was what some of the guys get paid and it's it's crazy to me like, yeah, that's uh and i I can say back in
0: the day that used to happen to me as well, and God, I think yeah. even uh if your trainers who I think it is we did some shows together where we both kind of got that same kind of payout back way back when. So, mm-hmm. but um, if we could, can we give your trainer
1: a quick little plug here? Sure. So I was trained by Jeremiah Plunkett that's and it. then Tom Latimer. Yep. And currently Tom is still my trainer. He, um, he was the intermediate advanced coach over at tried and true. Mm-hmm. And then now he's over at FXE and yep. Hendersonville. With and Jerry Lynn. Nice. Yep. And then I did, so I started out, I actually went through the beginner's class at tried and true twice. So I was with Plunkett about eight months. Okay. You know how amazing he is. Oh yeah. He really gave everybody a great start in the business. Absolutely. And because which... he wasn't just about, you know, the moves and Mm-mm. he was about the business, you know, yeah. he taught us about the business. Like we had Jerry Lynn come in. Um, we had a few other people come in do seminars and actually talk to us about the business too which is just you know it's great and it gave everybody Absolutely. kind of a head start on everything yep
0: because I mean that's that's a lesson that a lot of people however many years in will not get so the fact that you were able to actually have that and soak it up like a sponge is just again awesome like right place right time and you've made it work to your advantage yep. and mm-hmm. again not to I don't want to make this the Plunkett show but I'm glad that that guy is finally getting his due, especially working with the NWA. Because that guy mm-hmm. worked with who's with a who's who around the area. He, you know, like we were a tag team at one point, and he just he did everything right. It was just a matter of him getting that being in the right place in the right time to get that break. And it seems like everything is finally like moving in the right direction for him. So I'm so glad to see that.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, he's uh he's definitely like one of a dying breed. I I hate to say that, but that old school, you know, like just old school worker. That's, that's Jeremiah Plunkett to a T and every, every Mm -hmm. bit of success he gets, he deserves. But.
1: Mm -hmm. Agreed. Let's, uh, let's
0: go into your character development for a little bit too, because you know, like we've only worked one show together and I know as we're recording, we'll have another one coming up here in a couple of months, but what was your, what was it like for you developing your character? Because I know you, you mentioned the roller derby aspect to uh, to Crimson and the other guys at Tried and True, but what all went into developing Bashley? What was that like?
1: So at this point, um, you know, I'm not really established face or heel. It kind of depends mm-hmm. on where I'm working. Right. So I kind of have a character for both. Um, so I did take a lot you know i definitely wanted to pull the roller derby aspect and bring Mm -hmm. that in because something i love um and it's authentic i've pretty much lived on roller skates or roller blades i mean just kind of my whole life right so um definitely i wanted to bring that aspect into it and i kind of have you know i've designed a certain character for like my face when i'm the nice girl and Mm -hmm. Love everybody. And then I have my, you know, the bad Bashley who comes out when she needs to. Of course. Um the Hillies actually did not start at the very beginning. So that was kind of a fun little story. Okay. Um, so if I can't wear my Hillies, sometimes I'll bring out like my roller skates, like just carrying them. Um, I have used them, you know, as a weapon oh, when as I as you to. should, as you should. Yeah. Yeah. So um two of the guys I trained with, we had done, it was actually the first show I ever worked, which was, um, I think it was like March of last year. Mm-hmm. And we were having some drinks and food after, and I show him this funny video. I follow this guy. Um, he's like Mr. Hilly. Yeah, girl. is his <laughs> um, IG name. And he's, he's just somebody like, we would meet in the wrestling world rolling around on his hillies with his fanny pack. Oh God! And so I show him this video and we're cracking up about it. And I'm like, this guy's my spirit animal. And so Jake, who was with me is like, that's what you need to do. You need some hillies. You need to roll out, you know, to the ring and some hillies. And I was like, that's perfect. (laughs) So I literally ordered them that week. Um, And then it was kind of, I had only used them previously a few times in in the past. So then it was like, okay, can I actually use these though? So it took a little bit of practice, but not too much.
0: Man. So this may be a dumb question, but when you you wear them to the ring, obviously I've seen what you do to, to make your entrance, but how do you work in the ring with those? Because... I, I
1: just can't fathom that. How does that work? No, so, um, they actually the wheels click right out of them. That's the great thing about it. Oh, them.
0: see, I didn't even yeah. know that.
1: You want me to grab them and show you real quick? They're uh, like right sure, I'm you.
0: all for I'm all for visual learning.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you know they click that? Why didn't you tell me? I feel like an idiot now. I hate you, Jeff. I've watched to take him out. Well, see, I didn't see
1: that when, part. When okay. when her and Brittany wrestled, I wasn't. So, like, to see him. how there's like a little hole there. Yeah. Let's get him, get him on the camera. Yep, I see there it. There it is. All right. So then they just like they click right in. Man. Yeah, and then I just have to pop them right out, like when I'm in there. I feel so. Dumb just stick <laughs> in my jacket pocket. But that's the great thing about him, because I had thought about getting like some kind of a skate. or Mm -hmm. something removable on my boots but you know any of that is gonna cost quite a bit to get something set up yeah um and then the great thing about these too is literally they remind me of like dance chair shoes Mm. um so like what I wore because I did I did pep and chair one year Okay. So they're literally like that to where I just feel like I can just move and spin and dance in them and they're so comfortable too. Right. Oh, that's a plus right there. Yeah. That's a plus. Yeah, it's a pretty great idea.
0: <laughs> so,
1: so, thanks Jake for mentioning it. Of course,
0: free plug for Jake and also for yeah. the um man, I've already forgot his tag and I know I'm going to butcher it, so I'll let you say the tag for the <laughs> guy on his-
1: yeah, girl.
0: Free plug for him too. Free plug for him too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, with uh, with the roller derby background and then also with the pep background as well, did you have any acting experience prior to getting into wrestling? I
1: yeah, I did. I actually have been in drama classes. Um, let's see. Middle school. Well, I, before that, I did stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of just been in my background, you know, up yeah. until... Hmm, I did some stuff like in college, like I, you know, did some extra work and stuff like that. And then it kind of dropped off from there. But, um, growing up, you know, I was all about being in plays. Oh, and of course. Yeah. I did drama like middle school, all through high school. I went to a school of the arts. So I got some really great experience there. Now, did you have any, any problems like
0: transitioning that, acting background over to the wrestling world to help you, you know, like not only sell a move, but emote, like what you were trying to get to people that weren't sitting in the front row. Was that an easy like transition, just kind of like plug and play when you had your first match and
1: everything? I think it was. um, It it definitely helped prepare me to do all of that. Of course. Um, It's kind of like everything in my background just kind of rolls into what wrestling is about. So, right. For me, you know, it wasn't really a hard thing to do. It's just a matter of learning when, where, why. Yeah. You know, you've got to know the why. The psychology, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, too, um,
0: I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this. Um, has there ever been a fan experience or just a reaction that you've had? that has caught you off guard, but having that wrestling or that acting background has made it easy for you to respond without thinking to them, like whether you're the heel or the baby and they just say something to you. And it's just so off the cuff that you just, you're kind of taking aback, but you respond on the spot, so to speak. Have you ever had a moment like that?
1: So, I mean, right off the top of my head, a funny one was actually a little kid recently. Oh, okay. Um, like a little three or four year old. So I was on my way out from a show, you know, and I'm trying to like, kind of dip out before like the crowd yeah, because there's only one entrance for us and the same mm-hmm. entrance for them. Yep. So I'm trying to get out the store and I had this little, probably three or four year old little kid and, uh, the show I worked, uh, I was hill. So, and I ended up, you know, winning, there might've been a little cheating in there, you know, I heard nothing. I heard kind of hearsay, kind of <laughs> hearsay. But so anyway, this little kid's like, um, so the girl I worked, her name's million dollar baby. So this kid was like blocking the door. Why do you have to beat up million dollar baby? And I was like, what do I tell this little kid? You know? Right. Like, cause I don't want to just be, you know, giving them like, oh, you just need to beat people up or, right. so I kind of was like, well, she was going to beat me up. So I had to beat her up first.
0: Self-defense, simple answer.
1: Right. There we go. Self-defense.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And no, I mean, it's, it's pretty so funny.
1: Cool. And then mom's like right behind me, like moving him out of the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay, mom. I didn't say anything mean to the kid.
1: I'll say it to you. but not. I tried to to be nice.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: I really haven't had too many other just off the wall things. I mean, at shows, obviously we get some crazy messages here and there, but most of that, I just don't respond. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's better left just ignored because then it just opens up a can of worms that you you don't want to deal with. And that actually brings me to another point too. Um, How do you, because I know this is something that, you know, like you hear about people like Ric Flair, for example, has a hard time shutting off who Ric Flair is and who Richard Fleer is, the real person. Have you, like, as you have gotten into this world, have you had a hard time shutting off the difference between Bashley and the real person behind the curtain? Have you ever had a problem, like, shutting one off and going back to the other?
1: I don't think so much that i have it's just more of a matter of having to like switch between the two characters that right you know it's actually a lot harder for me to be face so
0: man i'm in um, good company again to be
1: the the nice good guy like that's actually something i have to really work at Mm -hmm. but as far as just going back to like my regular self i don't think so Because obviously both of my characters have a lot of aspects of me. Yep. And then I just kind of have, you know, a few different characters and personalities that I kind of use for each one. But it's just a matter of kind of switching between the two that can be challenging. Absolutely. Especially if like I work on Hill one night and face the next night, that's kind of the, the challenging part for me.
0: Yep. Been there, done that. And it is not
1: fun. Because then you overanalyze
0: like, everything.
1: Yeah. Or you go to do something and you're like, wait a minute, you know, the, the nice bashley wouldn't do this. No. Nope. So then, you know, I'm trying to change something in the middle.
0: <laughs> right. But I'm already down here. Here's your low blow. Anyway, maybe they'll pop for right. Boom. You know?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: yay. Wrestling. And I hope that makes sense to somebody listening, but um, <laughs> let's, uh, I got a couple more questions for you here. Um, As far as matches you've had so far, is there one that stands out to you as your favorite or one that is just like right now that's like you've got a person that it just clicks with and you know every time you're in the ring with them that it's going to be a good match. Do you have somebody or a match that comes to mind like that?
1: So actually I'd say one of my best matches um, was with a worker named Valeska. And we had had only one previous match before, and she's newer as well. Okay. But I just felt like it was the easiest, best match I've had. Um, we just really kind of flowed together, you know, didn't forget any spots. Um, so definitely, like she's somebody I like to work with.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, and I would say. Do you have a link? Well, to I that had match? another just. Um, that one, unfortunately, I don't. Well, dang. I wish I did. I have one. There's one on my YouTube um, with her and I at 127 before they switched their name over now. Yeah. But that was our first match. And that one was a little bit rougher. Um, kind of the feeling out process. We, yeah, we really just flowed the next time. Nice. Um, now, the other match I had a lot of fun in. Was actually me again, basically me getting ganged up on by uh, Hollywood or Hollywood Haley J and Haley Shadows. Oh, yeah. So it was yeah, like the her. Haley's against me. Yeah. And, and that one, there's a link on my YouTube to that yep. as well. And we'll have that um, in the show notes if people want to check it out. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, they're both great workers and, and ladies that I could really learn from. Mm-hmm. Of course. So, and then obviously. Yes. Um, so Haley's mom, amazing Maria was there too. So oh, she gave me yeah. a few notes after. So, you yeah. know, it's always good to get those critiques in. Cause I, I'm always all ears and, you know, try to soak that stuff up like a sponge. Of course. And that's,
0: and that's, that mentality is what's going to help you continue to succeed and improve too, because it, it's amazing mm-hmm. how many people think they know it all and just turn themselves off to that. When in reality, all they're doing is just stunting the growth and, you know, the potential that they could unleash in this realm. So good on you again for being so willing to take that constructive criticism and apply it. So again, I can't say kudos enough.
1: Thanks.
0: And then my last question before we uh, flip the roles a little bit is, let's say we circle back five years from now. Where do you think Bashley Bones will be and what will she have accomplished in that time frame?
1: so definitely I will hopefully been on you know tv besides like OBW, because I've I've done that a couple times right but um I'm definitely pushing to get on like NWA or impact so um both of them I've kind of you know I feel like they're family like I just love everybody at both of promotions of um I'm not someone who's like shooting to be WWE you know it it's just kind of i feel unrealistic so i'm not gonna of course knock it like you never know what could happen but it's um, just very unpredictable yeah i hope to still be working wrestling in five years mm-hmm. and then probably i a- probably after that though i'll start looking to see where i want to be behind the scenes right so i don't right, know how much right, my right. body can take <laughs> I got you, but I love
0: that you already have an exit plan in place, because, again, you're already ahead of the curve compared to so many other people that we share locker rooms with, so, again, major props for being that that educated on the game and how to play it, so very, very smart move, but man, like, this has been insightful, like, getting to know you and know more about your story, and then also getting a chance to give a free plug to Plunky in, in there, too, so... You know, thank yeah, thank you. Plunkett's awesome. Yes, yes he is. Thank you for doing that. I just that. love to
1: Everywhere I go, it's like everybody knows him. Yep. So, he's funny because he told us one day like, "Oh, you know, you better stop name dropping, you're going to get some heat because of me." And I'm just like, "Where? Where does Plunkett <laughs> oh, have heat?"
0: <laughs> um, have you ever heard of Laverne, Tennessee?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Laverne. Oh, um, we got we got
0: some stories there and not, I've seen not
1: them all. But
0: I'll have to ask him about that. Yeah, ask him. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that off air because I don't wanna I don't wanna bring up <laughs> any bad any bad dirt or history with anybody. But <laughs> what I do want to do is flip the script a little bit, and we're gonna call it in the ring now. Um, I'm actually gonna let you be the veteran of this match because you're gonna guide me through, and you're gonna ask me some questions. I have no idea what you're gonna call. We didn't call any spots beforehand, and. Basically, everything is going to be called on the fly, so whenever you're ready to let those questions go, I am at your mercy.
1: All right. So most of them are wrestling-related. Perfect. So my first question, because I always like to know this from everybody, is how did you get into the business?
0: Uh, Man, funny story. It was uh, 2005, and it was actually like right near the end of my sophomore year of high school. I found out that my family down in Memphis – My cousins were on a cheerleading squad with now WWE Hall of Famer Coco Beware's kids. And they introduced me to him while I was in town. And he had always told me, you know, like, hey, we'll keep in touch. Um, When you graduate college, I'll train you. You know, you got to get your education. And I was going to go to a school that him and Brian Lawler, or I'm sorry, Kevin Lawler had. And, you know, we kept in touch and everything. But as I graduated high school, I found out that a guy a grade younger than me, was already wrestling, and he was wrestling at this now gutted, demolished, uh, stain on the underwear of Nashville hotel called Stadium Inn. I'm sure you may have heard of it, <laughs> okay. or Plunkett's told you about it. Um, so
1: I did actually hear some about that recently. Um, yeah, I worked a lot with Miss Rachel, and then oh LT yeah,
0: bought... oh funny, yeah, funny so, story. Yeah, they've
1: told me stories.
0: Yep. So LT's dad, um, you know. Jason was his name. He referred me to uh Chris Michaels first who was wrestling there. Chris Michaels had a falling out with Tony and LT so he left. Tony was running a training school and said, "You know, just check in with them." So Coco had become familiar with Tony through USWA down in Memphis and said, "Yeah, if Tony's got a training school, he's somebody that's credible that could teach you because you know, like he's had the first match with the rock first match with Kurt angle and done all this Mm -hmm. stuff with the Poffos and Randy Savage, like you name it. He's been there. He's done it. Go train with him. So that was kind of how I first got involved. But it's like, I went to my first show there before I even met LT or met Tony. And I just, I see the complete opposite of what you are so accustomed to seeing on TV with like WWE or impact or whatever. And it's like, I see guys my size. I see guys that, have no shape or out of shape or just Mm -hmm. whatever. And they're wrestling in what used to be the buffet room of a rundown hotel. But the people that are there much like the crowd we had um, at the last show we did, it's still real to them. So it's very entertaining, but it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I do have a chance. I'm five foot six, 140 pounds at the time. Maybe I can do
1: it. And it just kind of, Mm -hmm. it went from there. Nice yeah that's kind of about how I feel too because I'm you know so small and right everybody that's the first thing when I tell people either that I did roller derby or wrestling they're just like but you're you're so tiny like right. well tough things come in small packages there you go right all right so next question is uh what was your craziest match so just something that was just insane
0: ah uh man i have a mental rolodex of these and i don't want to keep giving the same one that was actually the show before we met uh up in salina mm-hmm. where the cops got called um oh. i'll actually go with uh and i've talked about the one where you know a guy didn't tape his his gig or the instrument that you use to bleed in a match which thankfully we don't do as much of anymore and you know slice the inside of my leg i won't talk about that one again um <laughs> This was actually my last show down in Columbia, Tennessee, back in 2010. I had just dropped their heavyweight title. Uh, This was my show for the rematch. And I was going on to the next show after that to a different company because my time there had come. So this was also that company's last show at their building. And they were going to send the fans home happy where the entire locker room empties out. There's a big fight after my match with with a guy named Derek Neal who was the guy who beat me for the belt. I was the bad guy. He was the good guy. So everybody just gets into what we call the Pier 6 brawl. Um, I get thrown out of the ring, and this really big fan, like and I, I mean big and like he's just um, morbidly obese, is the best way to put it. And I'm not saying that in a negative way, but he starts giving me lips, so I rear back like I'm going to punch him. He He flinches and stumbles, and people start pointing and laughing at him. So I laugh. I turn away to go get back in the ring, and he punches me in the back of the head. So by the time I turn around, I see five security guards on this guy. I see another wrestler named Tim Renesto getting on him and like trying to punch him because, you know, the boys got to stick together, is what they say. Uh, He just throws his hands and pushes all these guys off and starts barreling through. I don't even realize what I'm doing, but I reach out. I grab this guy by the ears and I soccer punt him right in the nose. And I don't even realize it. I just see his face falling back. And I look down at the tip of my, my boots that were green and orange because I was just wearing Irish colors. And I see this big stain of blood on the toe of the boot. And Jeff, these were actually the ones that I was wearing out in the midway at Nashville nightmare uh, this past season. But um, you know, and it's just like I get escorted down to the locker room And they're like, yeah, this guy's calling the cops. Uh, You know, he's threatening to kill you in the parking lot. He said he's going to shoot you. He said he's going to kill you. I'm like, man, okay, I got heat. Cool. And then on my way home, um, Plunkett texts me. Because, you know, like, as soon as this happens, everybody and their mother finds out about it. I get people that I haven't seen on shows in like a year and a half texting me, calling me, hey, what happened? Hey, did you really get in a fight with a fan? Like, what happened? And it's just like man I I didn't think that you know like something like that would happen but hey I wish I would have stayed around after that point and seen where it would have gone but that's probably like one <laughs> of the craziest where it all started basically
1: Yeah that sounds pretty crazy
0: <sighs> Yeah strong rednecks that's that's all I got to say they got redneck strength
1: <laughs> <sighs> Not you Jeff <laughs> Alright, next question is if you could have any match that you wanted with any wrestler, dead or alive, who would it be and why?
0: <sighs> Man, there are so many that I could go to. It's a hard one. It it really is. But just one. I would go with one, uh and this was actually supposed to happen dang, now I've got two that were actually supposed to happen and that might still could. Um, I'm going to go with this one just because I I love this guy's work and I love his kind of renaissance of his career. But back in 2013, before he got re-signed by the WWE, I was actually supposed to have a match with then Goldust, now Dustin Rhodes up in Kentucky, or I'm sorry, not Kentucky, Illinois. And because he got re-signed, you know, they put the, the tag team championships on him and his brother. They weren't allowing him to f- fulfill any more of his indie dates, so the match that we were supposed to have never happened. So if I could go with that guy, I'd I'd be good. I'd be good. Nice.
1: <laughs> so next, I have. Do you have any embarrassing moments during wrestling matches? Um, you know, did your pants split open or lose your bowels—anything fun like that?
0: No, Okay, knock on wood, I've never had that last one happen, but I've seen it happen to so many people. Um, yeah, I've heard stories. It's... I don't think I've really had anything embarrassing happen, other th- because it was just reacting to it, and I was always the heel, so if I got egg on my face, it just made it more entertaining. Um, yeah. Man, I've really got to think for a minute. Okay, I think it was embarrassing for me, and this was actually... My first match, um, and it was with LT Falk, uh, Derek Neal of all people, and another guy named J.C. Crow. Well, the finish was supposed to be, spoiler alert, I win, first match, whatever, over all three of these guys, but I get hit with a move that is basically very similar to John Cena's move. I hit my head on the canvas when I go down because... Uh, you know, LT lost his grip on me as I was coming down to hook my head. And then I also hear the referee say, time to take it home. So I'm thinking, okay, that means he doesn't want me to kick out, even though that's not what we talked about. And I'm just, I'm loopy anyway. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to kick out. And I was just so, I was like so frustrated. I was embarrassed and I was like, fuck. Now they're not going to trust me for anything because I can't even – you know, like I just screwed up my first match. I was supposed to go over and I can't even do that right. But, <laughs> and, you know, like looking back in hindsight now, a guy hits you with a move like that, I shouldn't have kicked out anyway. So, I mean, it ended up yeah. making sense. Yeah. But just in the moment when you know what it was supposed to be and it didn't happen, it was very, very emotional and very frustrating for an 18 year old kid that had no clue really what he was doing at that point. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say that would probably be the most embarrassing one because I was actually a good guy that in that was your one too. First that too. That too. I mean, couldn't couldn't cover it outside of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Man, maybe
0: made maybe right, dig deep they're... on
1: that one. <laughs> so my last question is totally off subject. Okay. There's anything else? Do you have any pets? Oh, I love animals.
0: Yes, yes. I'm a huge, uh, huge animal lover. Outside of snakes again, sorry Jeff. I know that's your wheelhouse, but um, this is actually it, it if anybody's been listening to the podcast, it's been a rough year animal wise because you know, like my two oldest dogs at the start of this year, we lost both to to cancer respectively, but um Aww. right now we do have a pit bull who's a rescue, and we do have two cats that were rescues, and because of our pit bull bow that we have now um the Humane Society actually did this really big like social media thing to help get him adopted. Where he was rescued from a, I don't know if it was a dog fighting ring or something, but it was a pretty bad situation down in Dixon, where Dixon, Tennessee, where they had him caged up. They had before and after pictures. Um, they had like the local radio stations. They had iHeartRadio. Radio. They had Miranda Lambert, if anybody knows who that is or follows country music, which I'm sure you do. Like, they had him going to all these places to try and get him adopted, and nobody would do Uh it for whatever reason. And, you know, it's like, he looked exactly like our first dog that we lost, but he was black and white instead of brown and white. And it's like, okay, I know my wife's not ready to, like, she's not ready for another dog, but I've got to con her into doing it. Thankfully, we did, (laughs) and that's where we're at now. But because of that, you know, it's like I mentioned with our merch sales, like, We're making monthly donations to them, so a portion of any merch that I sell or that we sell for the podcast goes to the Humane Society so that all these rescued animals can get their, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, get their vaccinations or get whatever they Mm -hmm. need just to be healthy, and, you know, I just, I encourage anybody that can, if, even if you're not an animal person but you want to do something good, just donate to them or to your local Humane Society because these animals need a, you know, they deserve a good life too, so... Except for snakes. Sorry again, Jeff, but I, I'm, I'm an animal advocate, and I, I've made it known on the podcast before, my retirement goal is to open up a no-kill shelter for all these animals that mm-hmm. may not get adopted, dogs, cats, whatever, and just let them roam free and have a good life regardless, so...
1: I love it. I'm glad I asked that because I didn't really, I didn't know any of that.
0: Oh, see, I feel like I gave you a novel there for what should have been a short answer, but yeah, it's, uh,
1: that's my big, my big passion. Super love animals too. See, I knew you were good
0: people. I knew I was in good company. Don't do leapfrogs. (laughs) Uh, We're smaller than a lot of other people and we love animals. So there we go. Mm -hmm. The trifecta we win.
1: But no snakes for you,
0: though. No, no snakes. No snakes. And funny story. Man, okay.
1: I won't bring mine out, then. (laughs) Oh, please
0: don't. Oh, don't say that around Plunkett, because, uh, again, funny story about this show that we're going to talk about off-air. He actually had a dude that carried a 10-foot python to the ring, a la Jake the Snake, wrap the python around me after it was over, knowing that I um, I would not be a fan. And, yeah, I was not a fan. And then, lo and behold the week after that happened the snake ended up biting another wrestler so just oh
1: my lord yeah no
0: i'm i'm good i still owe him for that one but yeah that's yeah, where that's we're nuts. at but yeah man those were some good questions i love how like every week they get more and more diverse and different it just i i love being caught off guard like that so thank you that's good yep and man thank again thank you for coming on here tonight and i know that as we're recording this, uh, we have another show coming up in about a month and a half for the fair up in Salina. But by the time this airs, that'll be in the rearview mirror. I don't know if the cops will have gotten called again. We'll, we'll see about that. But either way, I know you're still going to be out there taking bookings and you're going to be hitting the road and just making it happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, like what all success come your way. And then we'll also have your social media and everything linked up in the show notes so that our, our listeners here can keep up with you and see what you're doing, too.
1: Sounds good. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank me. you for having me. Of course. Good time.
0: And I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I enjoyed getting to know you as well. And this has been a fun time. And it's one of the biggest reasons I love doing this podcast, guys. So if you like this episode or you're just getting into the wrestling thing, because that's where my feet are back in now, go back in the archives and listen to all my other wrestling guests like Chris Michaels. Um, who else we got? Zach Harris. We got a bunch of different people on there. Nick Berry, a.k.a. David Knox, Vic the Bruiser. God, it's a who's who. We've got UPW Anniversary Wrestling Show on there. We've got Randall Shane. Go jump back in the archives, listen to those, and then jump into everything else we've got. If you want to listen to anything that may help you pull out of a funk, this is the show to do it. And if you know somebody else that's going through it, share it with them as well. And if you're looking for your spooky fix until Halloween rolls around again, tell them to go check out Tales from the Haunt. Both podcasts are on all podcasting platforms. Leave that five star review if you like what we're doing and then get connected on social media and then we'll do it all again next week. But guys, for myself, for Ashley, or I'm sorry, Bashley, don't chop me. I did not mean to pull behind the curtain. Bashley and Jeff over here working his engineering wizardry. I want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast. Go out in the world and do some good until I'm back with you next week. And we'll talk again then with another awesome guest. And I know you hear me are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms. Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash decals by Kins and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code Flynn that's F-L-Y-N-N she's even going to get you 10% off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and I know you hear me people have always asked me Flynn how do I become a professional wrestler how do I become an actor how do I become a podcaster how do I get an agent Well, if you're somebody that's asked these questions, then I've got the solution for you. I'm now offering coaching options that will help you find the answers to these questions and get on the path to success. So if you've been held back by fear, overthinking, or just don't know where to start, email me at thieflynnhendrix at gmail.com, use the subject line coaching, and let me get in your corner and help get you on the path to success. And I know you hear me. I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.